It's Monday, April 4th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, we found out a, a little bit of information about James Karinchak and his, uh, his prognosis, his uh, you know, hope will return to the field at some point for the Guardians this season. Uh, and then the big news over the weekend we found out was uh, the 28-man the, the roster is set. So uh, let's talk real quickly about Karinchak, and then we'll get into the roster uh, predictions, I guess. Uh, you know, that now that it's set, it's more of a projection, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, Tito was able to tell us that uh, James Karinchak has progressed to throwing with the weighted balls and, and working out uh, his injured shoulder, but he's still going to open the season on the injured list. Yeah, he's got that uh... – Terrace major uh, injury to his right shoulder. Um, you know, he hasn't really, I don't think he played in a game yet. So, you know, he's, you know, he's behind. Um, and uh, even, you know, even if he got, he was cleared medically, you know, he's, he wouldn't be, I don't think he'd be, you know, he couldn't be ready in time to open the season. And it doesn't sound like they're going to take a chance with him, you know, re-injuring it, Joe. So they're going to go slow with him and uh, maybe we'd see him what at the end of April, mid-April, maybe if if there was a need for him, but uh, he's still he's still got a ways to go. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's a that's a pretty good maybe timeline or or maybe like goal projection for for him to come back. If he hasn't uh, yet started, you know, a throwing plan yet, which is what Tito said, uh, it, it might be you know at least a month to get there. So, you know, maybe by the end of April, early May, at some point, you know, when the weather starts to uh, get a little warmer too. It's easier to get that shoulder loose. You don't want him uh, coming up here when there's uh, games in the, you know, uh, low 40 degrees and and the shoulder gets stiff on you sitting out in the bullpen. So uh, that's another, that'll be sort of like, uh, you know, an early season pickup, uh, an early season uh, addition to that bullpen. If things are, are, you know, still sort of in flux and, and they, they need a boost, maybe Karen check can come back and uh, you know, when he's fully healthy, give them a, a lift out there in the pen. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to need him. Uh, it's an awfully young bullpen and a really young in age and uh, experience. And, uh, you know, Karen check is his pitch most of last year with, uh, with uh, Cleveland. Uh, so, you know, I think if he's, you know, if, he, if, the, if he's able to give them the first half version of Karen Jack from last year, you know, that would be welcome. Yeah, you talk about a, a, a young uh, young bullpen. Uh, Brian Shaw at 34 years old uh, really is the oldest. And, and Anthony Ghost uh, at 31, he, he skews the, the, uh, the age limit, but he doesn't have uh, all that much experience. He's only got, uh, you know, a couple of appearances out of the bullpen in his, his major league career, which obviously uh, extended on beyond uh, relief pitching uh, when he was an outfielder to, to begin his, his career. Uh, all right, let's let's take a look at this uh, this opening day roster. We were kind of surprised on Saturday when when Tito basically just offered up the entire twenty eight man roster. Uh, not not usually the way they do it in spring training, but again, we're talking about a spring training that's not usual in in a in a lot of respects. So uh, to have him just sort of blurt out the names of the guys who are going to be on the roster uh, yeah. during his his Zoom call was kind of uh, kind of jarring. Yeah, it was unusual to say the least. And it wasn't like, uh, you know, it wasn't like it was like well-planned to me. I mean, it, it just kind of came out piecemeal 
goes, well, we've talked to everybody. We're going to have, you know, 14 pitchers, 14 position players. And that was kind of, you know, then it was like, we knew what we, we knew what we had been, we, you know, the reporters that were asking them had been in the meetings with, with these guys that, you know, we knew who was going to be in there and we didn't. So, you know, we were going to, we were going through the roster, scrambling around. So it was, it was good. It was unusual, but uh, it was, it was a story, a good story. Yeah. I had to, had to draw it out of him sort of uh, piece by piece there. Well, let's uh, let's start with the pitchers. Uh, obviously, the uh, they're going to carry 14 of them. Uh, the the rotation has pretty much been set since really the end of last season. Uh, however, he decides to deploy them in the early going of the, the, the regular season. Uh, Shane Bieber, Aaron Savali, uh, Tristan McKenzie, Zach Plesak, and Cal Quantrill will be the five in the rotation. Uh, that won't be the order you'll, you'll see them rolled out, but and, and Tristan McKenzie will pitch at some point in this first series against uh, Kansas City. Uh, my guess is that we're going to see Tristan uh, piggybacking with Bieber in that first game. Oh, that's a good that's a good point, Joe. It, it's because it sounds like what police. I mean, it's going to be Bieber, Police at Quantrill, Savali, and then um, you know then uh, McKenzie filling in and you know coming in at, at the tail end of things. Uh, for at least in one of these games, and I, yeah, that that makes sense well, with Bieber. What what makes sense is Bieber's thrown the fewest innings in in Cactus League games, and something that Tito said in in a Zoom that sort of resonated with me, and I, I sort of caught it, and I was like, oh, maybe he's trying to tell us something without telling us something. Uh, Tito said it will become apparent very quickly what we had in mind with when when he was talking about Tristan and when Tristan would get into a game. So that leads me to believe that, you know, Bieber's gone the shortest number of innings. Uh, they might still be trying to protect him in some way in terms of physically, even though all, all the signs indicate that he's, he's 100%. But the way that Tristan's been throwing in, in training camp and, and just sort of the timing of it leads me to believe that we're going to see Tristan maybe sooner than later. Yeah, and, you know, the, the, uh, the interesting thing is Plesak and Tristan have been you know, piggybacking the whole spring, you know, they've been pitching in the same game, uh, but it makes a lot of sense uh, with Bieber because, you know, Bieber has been, hasn't thrown that much, hasn't thrown, been, been that deep in that game. So, you know, and McKenzie has had a great spring, you know, really an impressive spring. So yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's a good call. Okay. That, that leaves, uh, you know, the, the relievers you've got, Nine in the bullpen uh, because you're on a, what, a 28-man roster. Uh, Logan Allen, uh, Anthony Ghost, Sam Hentges, Eli Morgan, Nick Sandlin, Trevor Steffen, uh, and Emmanuel Classe in the back end. Ryan Shaw, uh, obviously, there as well. But the, uh, the surprise name that we saw uh, among the relievers, Connor Pilkington, uh, six-foot-three, Pitched at Double A last year, uh, acquired from the White Sox in the Cesar Hernandez trade. Uh, this kid pitched his way onto the ball club at least for the first uh, first month of the season. Yeah, and you know he's going to be in that role that uh, you know kind of a Tristan McKenzie role, a guy that can you know go two, three, you know two, three, maybe four innings, uh, uh, you know back up a starter uh, that might end up short one day, you know and. Uh, I think Eli Morgan is in that role. Uh, uh, you know, Stefan, uh, Trevor Stefan could be in that role. 
Uh, and and Hedges could be in that role too. You know, those kind of the, those backup starters uh, that could piggyback, uh, you know, a start and and kind of rescue a uh, a reliever. I mean, a starter that that maybe you know gets uh, you know comes up short. Maybe he he can only go to two and a third, three innings. And and this is what uh, you know, Pilkington sort of reminds me a little bit of what they tried to do with Sam Hentges last year in this sort of same role in the same sort of timing, you know, big lefty uh, was, was at double a and, and sort of found himself in that season uh, the year before uh, and just had, he, he had his struggles up and down, but really sort of came around at the end of the year. Um, Pilkington has been a, a starter primarily throughout his career. So, so this whole idea of coming in into the game as sort of a piggyback or a, you know, mid to late inning guy um, and, and giving him three or four, uh, he's done it in the past, he said. Uh, we talked to him this afternoon, and it's, uh, you know, it's a possibility if this works out that, you know, it, it could really jumpstart this kid, especially if he goes goes back down to AAA starting in May and just lights everything on fire. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I think he's a little bit different pitcher than Henkes. He doesn't probably doesn't throw as hard as Henkes does. He's, you know, he's a big, you know, big guy, like you said, you know, 230, 240, but, you know, slider, you know, slider, curveball, fastball. But, yeah, it should be an interesting an interesting addition to the bullpen. Yeah, Pilkington's a 6'3 lefty with a 12'6 curveball, and he idolized Clayton Kershaw growing up. So uh, I, think, uh, I, I think that would be uh, really interesting to see if that, uh, if that develops uh, for certain. Uh, just looking at the other uh, relievers, on the, on the board, I mean, we, we, you know what you're going to get out of Brian Shaw. You're going to get a ton of innings out of him. Uh, Trevor Steffen really sort of stepped up and uh, showed everybody last year at the end of the season, I think, what, uh, what Cleveland saw in him. And they were starting to give him more leverage innings, uh, just like Nick Sandlin. Yeah, yeah. Just a, an exciting guy, a guy that can, you know, touch triple digits, really a hard thrower. Uh, you know, can go two, three innings. Um, and, um, you know, maybe he'll be able to move back into the, into the later innings, those leverage innings, you know, he was a rule five guy last year. He stayed the whole season with, uh, with Cleveland. Uh, so, you know, I can, I think he can do a kind of multiple roles. I don't know if he's, you know, can fill in for Karen check until Karen check gets back, but, you know, definitely a candidate for that role. Well, yeah, that's, that's the the question I was going to ask is, do you think it's, Stefan or Sandlin who gets those Karinchak innings or, or maybe they're, they're, they're the Shaw innings and you leave Shaw to be Karinchak uh, where, where you had him as your eighth inning, uh, you know, setup guy, maybe that moves Shaw back to the eighth inning and, you know, you give Stefan and Sandlin a, a shot at those, uh, those innings there in the sixth, seventh area. Yeah. You know, certainly uh, Sandlin, uh, you know, showed last season, you know, he was just about to move into that role when he got hurt. Uh, you know, he, he throws strikes. You know, he did a nice job against lefties and righties. You know, and you got Ghost, too. You know, Ghost throws really hard. But, uh, you know, Ghost maybe, you know, has that control issue that kind of creeps up sometimes. And uh, I think you – I don't know if you want to just, you know, throw him into the eighth or ninth inning right now. Yeah, Tito told a, told a funny story about – uh, you know, bumping into ghosts in the, uh, the cafeteria out there in Goodyear. And, and he said, how you doing? And, and ghost just said, 
he's, he's kind of a shy, quiet guy. And he kind of said, you know, Hey, I'm just trying to keep my head down. Uh, just trying to get my, get, get the work done and keep my head down. And the next day Tito sought him out and he said, Hey, why'd you say that the other day? He's like, you have, you have no reason to, to hide from anybody. He told ghost. He's like, you're going to help us this year. So, uh, it, you know, maybe it's just a confidence thing. Maybe that's, uh, that's all that, uh, ghost needs is to see that that Tito and the uh, the front office are, are confident in him, and maybe he'll he'll come out and and light it up. Yeah, well, he made he's he's made an opening day roster. I, I was checking, Joe. He's made this might be the third time he's made an opening day roster. The other two were in, with Toronto, but he was an outfielder then. So uh, you know, it, it's really kind of an exciting transition to watch to take shape. And you know, we've we've seen it since day one. So. You know, hopefully he takes the next step and establishes establishes himself as, you know, a solid, reliable, uh, you know, bullpen guy. 14 pitchers on the opening day roster. It'll be interesting to see how many uh, names are added and subtracted as the year progresses. Always a lot of, uh, of, of moves. I bet you we didn't, you know, we never even had Eli Morgan or, uh, you know, some of these other guys on the radar last, J.C. Mejia on the radar last year when uh when the team broke camp but it was uh there was a, a certainly a need for them at, at some point throughout the season so there are uh a, a lot of a lot of possibilities from from the triple a level uh, in terms of guys getting called up uh let's look at the catching position right now uh and and we found out over the weekend the big surprise I, no surprise i think in in austin hedges being uh the number one guy the starter he's going to catch the bulk of the innings but with the injury to Luke Maley, uh, the hamstring injury that's going to keep him out another couple of weeks, Brian Lavastida, who has all of seven games under his belt at AAA, is now going to be the backup catcher, at least for the first few weeks. He's going to make his first opening day line, uh, opening day roster. Uh, Lavastida, all of 23 years old, and we talked to him this afternoon. He seemed pretty excited about uh, uh, you know getting the call and 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 you know, being on the roster. Yeah. Just uh, what a great guy. And uh, you know, 23 years old, like you said, Joe, you know, hit his way, you know, through Lake County and, and Akron last seasons, you know, he's more of a hitter than a catcher, I think kind of a, uh, you know, a, a trans a transplanted catcher. Uh, and uh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's just excited to be here. I don't know how much he's going to catch, you know, thankfully they've got a lot of off days. So, you know, hedges, you know, it might, you know, it's going to be, you know, get some rest and, and still probably be, you know, handle the bulk of the catching, but, you know, eventually he's going to have to be behind the plate and, and handle all those guys. And I love the stories about, uh, you know, handling or catching uh, uh, Emmanuel Classy in 102 mile hour cutters. He, he was really excited about that. Well, one of the things that he said was, you know, he's sitting there on his phone scrolling through Instagram and some of these uh, accounts that are out there that, Let's say take pitchers highlights uh, like uh, like pitching ninja or John boy. And they uh, they, you know, class A is the the darling of those accounts because he throws 102 miles an hour with with ridiculous movement. And they they like to, you know, put all sorts of graphics on the, the videos and, and all that. But Lavastita said he's he's sitting there scrolling through Instagram and got uh, um, saw Austin Hedges in the video catching class A's 100 mile an hour cutter and. And he's like, well, now that's going to be me. You know, I could be in one of those videos with, you know, <laughs> catching class A. So he's uh, he, he's excited about the possibility of that. And 
you know, who, who wouldn't be? That's uh, a lot of fun for a young guy starting out his major league career. All right, we move on to the infielders, uh, seven infielders on the roster. Uh, no surprise in guys like uh, uh, Ahmed Rosario, obviously Jose Ramirez, uh, Bobby Bradley was, was going to be on the roster because uh, he was out of options. Uh, Andres Jimenez, who's had a, an excellent camp, and who knows if he's going to be, uh, you know, shortstop, second base. Uh, he'll probably see innings at both. Uh, Yu Chang uh, and Ernie Clement also make the roster. Uh, Ernie Clement makes the opening day roster, which, you know, he, he certainly earned it uh, in, in spring training along with uh, Owen Miller. Yeah, definitely. You've got, you know, those four guys, we were wondering, you know, Chang, Clement, Jimenez and uh, uh, Miller, we were wondering if all four could make the club. And, you know, lo and behold, they all made it. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you have the benefit of a 28-man roster too. But, you know, it, it's really going to be, I think Francona is going to be beside himself, uh, just have a lot of fun, you know, mixing and matching with these infielders. You know, you've got Rosario that has a chance to play left field. I'm not sure how much he's going to play there. You know, that's going to be, uh, you know, one of the uh, things we find out as the season unfolds. Is he an outfielder? Is he a shortstop? And uh, if he's going to be an outfielder, you know, who's who's going to be the main shortstop? I guess right now it'd be Jimenez. Uh, so, uh, you know, that that, you know, that'll be that'll be fun to watch. And then you've got Chang, Clement and uh, Miller to uh, if you're a manager, you know, those guys can play anywhere in the infield. You know, and, you know, you've got Chang and, and Miller to back up at, uh, at platoon and first base. So he's going to have a lot of options. Yeah, if you can, if you can maybe move Fran Mill uh, out into the in, into right field for a few games, you can give Jose a, a day off his feet at third base, uh, Ramirez a day off his feet at third base and, and let Clement play third. Uh, you can interchange uh, Owen Miller and Yu Chang with their ability to play first base. There's a, there's a lot of versatility. Uh, really, you mentioned Jimenez. I think it, his it, it's all depending on his ability to hit. If he comes out of the gate swinging the bat the way that he's been hitting in spring training, just like he did last year in spring training, uh, if, if he if he continues that through the early part of the season, I think you're going to see him play shortstop a lot more. I, I think they want that to be where he eventually ends up. It's just, you know, is he going to be able to hit enough and sustain it long enough to to make it worthwhile. Yeah, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, you've got Clement and I think Clement is playing. He, he has the option of playing in left field and playing the outfield. Uh, you know, so that's another option. Uh, if, you know, if you don't like, if they don't like the way uh, Rosario plays out there or he, Rosario, you know, has some problems making the transition. We really, he hasn't had any, you know, so far, but we really haven't seen too much much of them out there in the short spring. I think he's what well, he started three or four games out there. Yeah. One of those games, all he had to do was stop and, and, you know, make sure his neck worked properly as he, <laughs> he turned and watched the ball carry out of the ballpark a couple of times. Uh, that was, uh, you know, a, a comment that Tito made. Uh, you know, let's talk about the outfield. Uh, the, the guys in the outfield who were out of options, uh, Oscar Mercado, Bradley Zimmer, they are on the roster. Uh, Fran Mill Reyes is your DH, but he's also at times will be a right fielder or a left fielder. Maybe, maybe we'll see him in left field. That, that could be interesting. Uh, Miles Straw, pencil him in for, you know, uh, 150 some starts in the leadoff spot in center field, maybe. 
Uh, but the, the, the surprise, uh, I guess, uh, the, the name that, you know, you weren't expecting, Stephen Kwan uh, gets the nod for the opening day roster. He will be uh, in the outfield mix, uh, on, you know, from the beginning. Whether or not he plays a whole lot uh, before the end of the month is sort of up in the air right now. But this is a kid who has not struck out in a, in a spring training game. And he puts the bat on the ball. He puts the ball in play. He can lead off. He can play all three center, uh, all three outfield positions. A uh, lot of lot of options now for uh, Terry Francona and with Stephen Kwan there on the roster. Yeah, great point, uh, Kwan. You know, a, a rookie, one of eight guys that I think are going to make uh, you know the opening day roster for the first time uh, on this club. And uh, good story, you know, uh, like you said, a left-handed hitter, a guy that doesn't strike out a lot. Uh, and uh, Tito had some fun with him uh, when he called him in and, uh, you know, to tell him he'd made the, uh, made the roster, but he, you know, he kind of like used a little misdirection with them. Yeah. He sort of set him up with, uh, you know, oh, sorry, it took us so long to come to this decision. And, you know, Quan said he, he was, he was preparing himself to hear you've been cut. And then Tito said, Oh, well, you're on the roster. And uh, he was really <laughs> excited about it, but uh he, he's, he, it was, it was sort of uh, interesting. He also gave us a little background on his journey from where he started in, in college. He played on a national championship team with Oregon state and Adley Rutschman and some, some really high level, you know, prospect names, uh, you know, big time draft picks. And here's Stephen Kwan, uh, you know, who started as a freshman there. And he told a story about how he, uh, his first game, he faced Zach Plesak in Ball State in a tournament uh, in college in uh, in Surprise, Arizona. Uh, Plesak's on the mound. He said that name got in his head, and it sort of, you know, he, he had a terrible game. He struck out. He was dropping balls in the outfield and missing signs. Uh, and, and he had to go through a whole sort of deconstruction and rebuild himself to get, get to the point where he was, uh, you know, playing a significant role on a national championship uh, team for, for Oregon State. Yeah, just a great story. Terry Pluto wrote a you know a long piece on him today that was in the Sunday Plain Dealer. Really good story. Kind of a guy that you know he's five nine. He's about about one hundred and seventy pounds. You know, not exactly uh, you know the major that major league profile that you're looking at physically. And he had to overcome a lot, and uh, he's done it. He's a leadoff hitter, like you said, Joe. He can play all three spots. And, uh, you know, he had, you know, really good year last year, double A and triple A. And, uh, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to watch this outfield. You know, like you said, Mercado and Zimmer are, are we know them. We, we know what they've got and, uh, you know, they're out of options and you wonder how long the leash is on these guys, because you've got guys coming, you've got Quan, you've got, uh, uh, you know, a Valera, you've got Rosario, you've got uh, a Naylor who, you know, who didn't make the club. Who opens is open on the on the IL, but those guys are coming, and uh, so if Mercado and, and Zimmer want to stay, they've got to they've got to get off to a start, a good start, a solid start here, and start playing quality baseball. Yeah, that's uh, those are the two spots I think right now most at risk when the when the roster shrinks down back to uh, twenty six at the at the end of April. Uh, I one of those two guys. Uh, really should be concerned about uh, keeping a spot on the roster uh, once Naylor has to, you know, find a, a place to, to come back in off the, the injured list. And if, uh, 
you know, if it's going to be a choice between a, a Stephen Kwan, who you still have to sort of figure things out about, and, you know, somebody like a, a Bradley Zimmer or an Oscar Mercado, who uh, haven't, haven't lived up to their, uh, their potential over the last two seasons. All right. Uh, we talked about the, the roster uh, being the youngest at the end of last season, uh, the youngest in the major leagues. Uh, pretty, pretty sure bet that it's going to be uh, among the youngest in, in all of baseball. Uh, once we open up on April 7th as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you can see all the signs kind of, you know, how they're preparing, the uh, Guardians are preparing for this season, even the coaching staff. You know, uh, t uh, Francona told, you know, kind of a uh, let us in on something, you know, uh, in uh, about a week ago, about week 10 days ago that, you know, Mike Chernoff and, and Chris Antonetti, the two, you know, lead baseball executives, came down to talk to the coaching staff, uh, telling them, you know, kind of their message of the day was patience, that, you know, they explained why, you know, they didn't make a whole lot of moves this winter, uh, why, uh, you know, they're going with these kids, that the young players, and uh, that, that they, it, it almost seemed like, look at, uh, you know, yes, we want to win every day. Yes, uh, you know, we want to play the game the right way, but, you know, you're going to have to coach these guys. You're going to have to keep developing these guys because they are so young. And, and to do that, you're going to have to have patience. Well, patience might be the, uh, the order of the day. All right, Hoinsie, that's going to wrap up uh, today's Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We will come at you with some more season preview material over the next few days. And then it's off to Kansas City to open up the season. We'll look forward to it here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. <laughs>